We're live. More or less. <laughs> From Las Vegas, this is good sports on the combo issue. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we, we go feast your famine, Mark. <laughs> Either not, nothing really is going on. It's kind of the preamble, and then everything's going on at one time. So big uh, big weekend sports. There could be a uh, – what's what's been longer in coming? Uh, only six times since 79 has the favorite won the Belmont. And American Pharaoh right now is at 7-5. to five. And uh, obviously the favorite in that race. But uh, And then – so it's been 38 years, I think, since affirmed uh, beat Alidar in all three races. That's that's happening. <laughs> the Golden State Warriors, 40 years ago, were the NBA champions. And the Cleveland Cavaliers have never been NBA champions, and they ain't going to change that this year because they lost Kyrie Irving last night. And uh, look at the guys that we covered in Basketball USA. A whole hell of a lot of them are playing in these NBA finals. Uh, yeah, but uh, Kyrie Irving's not one of them anymore. Yeah, I mean, you got Stephen Curry and uh, – uh, Clay Thompson on the on the Warriors. There were certainly very prominent members of, of USA basketball this last go round here. Kyrie Irving uh, uh, with the Cavaliers. Of course, LeBron could have uh, been on that team if he, uh, but uh, he didn't. But uh, you, you look around, man. There's there's guys running up and down that floor. That <laughs> you know they haven't had a day off from basketball for a long, long time, Mark. And then almost as an afterthought, the Stanley Cup Finals were on, and the Chicago Blackhawks stole a game uh, from the Tampa Bay Lightning, took uh, home ice advantage, at least for the time being. Uh, back, uh, wow. they're going to play game two, uh, but they uh, they were down one nothing towards the end of the third period and it looked like that they have no shot and the, they got a quick goal and then added another one and ended up winning two to one and it's a that's the way you win a, a championship no matter what sport it is if you can steal one on the road you're in you're in the catbird seat and that's exactly where the uh, Chicago Blackhawks are they've won uh three times in the last 10 years or so something like that mark and so they're uh they're a real good team, and whoever's got the hot goaltender, and Crawford certainly fits that bill for them, um, uh, is going to win the Stanley Cup championship. But, you know, we could have two uh, major pro, pro sports teams crown their champion on the same day. Ooh. And, of course, we may have a triple crown winner. So other than that, there's not a lot going on. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, there's always yeah, something. NASCAR's going to have a drivers' union. They they're calling it the uh, let me Severs Council is is what they're calling it, and uh, Brad Keselowski wanted to be on it. You knew that that wasn't going to happen, but Jimmy Johnson's not on it. Somewhat surprisingly, but it's not like he doesn't. His his voice will be heard one way or the other. Old yeah. sticks time, but uh, yeah, you know they have they have avoided this like the plague. NASCAR has from just doing what they what they do they would talk to a player here i mean a driver here and a crew chief there and an owner there but they never other and um, the owners kind of got together and said hey we need to make the rules changes get just too expensive with all these little, little nuance things so uh they had their say and it wasn't long and now the drivers are having theirs and they're um 
they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in NASCAR. <laughs> Nobody's out there to pilot them cars around. You don't have much of a race. No, so, well, uh, anyway, there's some. Uh, it's a new day. When is um, when is the uh, the NASCAR event here? That's in December, right? The NASCAR uh, race is in March, oh. and the uh, the awards banquets in in November. That's it. Okay. It follows very shortly after the Pro Bowl Riders uh, World Finals here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, okay. Stanley Cup. Hey, well, that's, hey. Always, that's always a, that's always a real cool thing. You know, they go down on Fremont Street and walk the red carpet down there, and the fans get right on top of them, and it's cool. It's just <laughs> they're as accessible as any any sports team or any any athletes or anybody is as they walk that red carpet. You know, well, they're that- really amongst the fans, and then. Uh, then they do the burnout on the strip on Thursday, and then on Friday is the awards banquet. So and then cool. everybody goes home. That's right. Hockey. And then everybody goes home. <laughs> hockey. What hockey. do I know about hockey? <laughs> what? Yeah. That's my that's my, that's my buddy Fred Wallen's. I'll tell the you want to hear the joke. Go for it. Guy's got a bookie. Guy. He's got a bookie. He bets football. He's he he stuck ten thousand bucks. Football season's halfway over. And so basketball comes online, and he switches to basketball. Now he's stuck another ten grand. So he's in twenty grand of the bookies, and the and the guy says, "Listen, you lost your ass in baseball. You now it's football season. You lose that." He says, "You lost your ass in basketball, man." He says, "You know it's getting serious. You're going to have to try hockey." The guy says, "Hockey? What do I know about hockey?" So, but I'm pumped. It's got. <laughs> It's still Fred Wallen's favorite joke. Okay, go ahead. Your question right. about hockey. Well, well uh, we were half right. You know, you have you have Chicago and Tampa Bay. So yeah. you know, got got one in the north, one in the south. Have and, you seen and have you seen any of it? Tampa Bay is is the best team. The, the the two best teams, at least playing the best hockey at the end of the season, are in this, and that's that doesn't always happen. Um, you know, and England are the two best teams going in the finals. Golden State has a decided advantage right now. The injury to Kyrie. back to hockey. Your, your goalie is the, you know, I mean, he, I, I don't know if there's a more important uh, position in all of sports than, than to be the goalie on a hockey team. I mean, you last line of defense, and those guys, uh, the, the pressure to perform in the Stanley Cup Finals is is enormous. Yeah. So, 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 so of all of the playoffs, what have you been watching this week? You know, it's really funny, Mark. They staggered them, so you watch hockey one night and basketball the next, and and obviously there's some stuff coming up from horse racing, and there's there's different things. I finally uh, bit the bullet and hooked up my uh, hooked up cable TV here, so you know, with Sports Center and all that. I mean, the French Open's going on. Nobody cares. One of the Grand Slam, <laughs> one of the tennis Grand Slams, is going on, and you could offer a million bucks as a prize unless somebody cheated and looked. Was watching Sports Center or on a sports uh, page on uh, online in the finals. You know, you know the Williams sisters are going to be big players, and uh, yes. uh, Roger Federer lost. And there's, uh, you know, there's some people with very difficult uh, 
names to pronounce that are in the finals and uh or at least uh in the semifinals in france so you know it's on clay and uh it's a it's a whole different thing uh you know it's it's very similar to the difference between dirt track racing and uh, and uh racing on the asphalt for the for the yeah I, i'm real good at driving a race car but am i good am i does that transfer from asphalt where i'm a six-time champion to when i go on dirt i'm just an also ran and uh, when they get out there on that clay you know they they go skittering across there they leave they leave 10 10 foot long skid marks where they hit the brakes and when they finally came to stop so it just takes a different kind of animal to uh to play on the clay rolling you know one of the most famous venues in the world so that um that's about it uh there's you know that that we've got the belmont stakes tomorrow mark uh 39 years, 38 years since we've had a, a Triple Crown champion and affirmed. Six times, only six times since then has the favorite won the Belmont. That comes out to once every six years. Just handicapping-wise, that's a lot of money. That's a lot yeah. of money. If you can throw the favorite out and you only get bit in the ass by it, <laughs> one. Human in cash, man. Yeah. So, uh, and there's uh, the, the the story. I think it says uh, on Yahoo. It says saboteurs lined up to stop American Pharaoh, and uh, that's what they. That's exactly what they do. They're they're not. They stop horse racing, and they wonder why nobody cares. Yeah. Wonder why no. You know, they need that enthusiasm. They need that kick in the pants to get it going, to get people, yeah, let's go to the horse track. I, you know, I did good. I picked one, I, I picked one out of, out of eight one time. And now I'm a horse expert. So of course. Uh, they do, you know, but they, they, there's no reason for them not to at least make it a more fair shot for the, uh, for the triple crown. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, they minimize the other races by saying it's all about the triple crown individual race in there even though it contains the kentucky derby you know now if you win the kentucky derby but you don't win the triple crown they they, they view you as a loser as a as some lesser than than you should be uh helping that they hold you in is less because you lost a race where they set you up to fail they right. put, you know uh, again it's like it's like every you're run a triad Everybody else just run the marathon, and oh, good luck to you. You know, and halfway through the, this is a very grueling race. It's a mile and a half. None of these horses have ever been a mile and a half under fire, and um, so it, there's only eight of them. So I like the twenty that Pharaoh had to beat in uh, in the Kentucky Derby and uh, Triple Crown. But there's some of these horses are rested. I don't think this is an incredibly uh, strong field. I don't think it's been an incredibly Talented group of three-year-olds. Uh, Dortmund uh, stood out a little bit. Stable made of American Pharaoh, but uh, and fourth in the Kentucky Derby and uh, hasn't been seen since. Yeah, so it's a uh, we got we got lots of stuff, but none of it's. I, I guess it'll be compelling after. You know, my <laughs> advice to people is: if you're going to throw twenty bucks on this race, go go buy twenty two-dollar tickets. And, and you, just, you'll get more than what the what the tickets going to pay on eBay if, in fact, he doesn't. I mean, that to me, that's the wise wager. But <laughs> what do I know? 
hockey. What, what do I know about hockey? Yeah. Uh, WSOP is in town. The World Series of Poker had their, what the heck was that called? Colossal. They, they had their Colossus. Yeah. They had Colossus, that big tournament that only cost five. 526 bucks to enter in, and, man, there are poker players all over. The Horseshoe had a tournament the other day as I was walking through, or Binion's. Uh, yeah. It had a tournament going on that had really no relationship to the WSOP. It wasn't a satellite or anything, but they know there's so many guys in town. They, they have these different little poker things popping up, and, you know, it's kind of fun to watch. A little boring. People are people spoiled because on TV you can see the cards. You can see yes. the whole cards of everybody yes. has. Um, yeah. That way, well, live, nobody gives up that info. <laughs> you know, so. Well, you know, and the and the deal with the classes event is they had twenty two thousand people register, but the prize pool the 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 winning prize pool was uh, only six hundred thousand, only six hundred thousand dollars. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> but he so earned it. Were, uh, yeah. I forget the guy who won. Twenty-five-year-old. Uh, yeah, poker I mean, now, yeah. How do you get to be a poker pro? I guess you win more than you lose. That means you're pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, um, well, I, you know, I just know that, you know. This is the time in the WSOP. You got all these people that come in town for the to play poker, and they play the WSOP. Yeah. You know, and they play the all of the little uh, tournaments up to the main event. And I remember a couple of years ago, I was uh, I don't even know who I was with, but um, um, we were at the Hard Rock, and and the friend that I was with was a poker fanatic. She just absolutely loved everything about poker, and I remember. Uh, the Hard Rock had just opened up their uh, poker room. So we were there, and she saw one of the stars there, you know, the stars of poker. And, I mean, you know, she just mesmerized. And I'm like, don't know who he is. But but, but, <laughs> but we got talking to him during, during a break. And, you know, and so I had asked him, why are you here in, in the Hard Rock and not at the WSOP? You know, and he goes, well, this is where you make, you know, this is where you make your money. Yeah. Until more you know, pigeons at the Hard Rock. Yeah, exactly. He goes, most of the poker professionals they come in town during the WSOP and they play at the Bellagio, they play at you know these other uh, poker rooms because that's where he, his words, that's where all the suckers are because they come in town yeah. thinking that they can build up that bankroll for the final uh, table. And he goes, screw it. He goes, I just come in here, I you know, and I clean house here uh, today. Tomorrow I'll go over to, you know, the Planet Hollywood and I'll clean house there. And then Wednesday I'll go yeah. over to, you know, he goes, hell, you know, I will make more money in the next 20 days here than I could ever make playing the final table. I went, okay, got it. Oh, yeah. And this is, well, it's, it's almost, to go back to the horse, Kentucky Derby has 20 horses in it. <laughs> By the time you get down, you know, normal races have eight, maybe 10, <laughs> and you got 20 in there. That's what the World Series of Poker is. You've got 20 thoroughbreds. 
So, you know, let's, let's go catch a little smaller fish, but we'll catch more of them. Yeah. And that's the, that's the mindset of a lot of guys. And if they can, that's one of the, one of the dangers of having uh, poker online instead of live uh, eyeball to eyeball is that these guys come in as unknowns. I mean, they can play online as a, a under a pseudonym. Yep. Uh, you know, when Phil Ivy sits at a at a poker table, he's Phil Ivy. When he's online, he can be you know Ivy's child or or bad news Bubba. Phil or whatever. Yeah. Nobody really is sure. Yeah, uh, who he is. So uh, some of these guys come out of the woodwork and they have some skills, but. Um, you know, in, in talking to the poker pros, we did a photo shoot uh, for a magazine cover at uh, uh, Phil Ivey's home here in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, Chris Farina and I were lucky enough. I think we did four photo shoots. We did Daniel Negrano, uh, Phil Ivey, Antonio S. Fonderi, and uh, I forget who else we did. But anyway, in the time, in the downtime during the photo shoots and different things like that, we had a uh, an opportunity to talk a little poker with some of them. And, uh, you know, they, they, they all say it's, it's different when you're online, you know, when you're, when you're sitting at that table and you're across from Phil Ivey or you're across from Jesus or, yes. or, or Doyle Brunson or whomever it is, it puckers you up enough where that's how they get guys to make mistakes online. You know, they can sit there in their underwear, underwear with a cup of coffee and a good looking babe. And, and nobody knows they could, they could be sitting there, but naked and play and get comfortable. It's not near as comfortable at the table. So, and the, the world series, of, the world series of poker started uh, the last week of May, correct? Yes. Yep. Yes, it did. Yeah. Okay. It, the, the finals are in July. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 The, the, well, well, you know, they, they whittle it down to nine and then they take a four month hiatus. Yes. Which has never made so, any sense. Anyway, well. yeah, yeah, and and they the, the guys are very uh, another group that's pretty darned approachable is the poker players, you know, and uh, some of them had a little hard time figuring out that they were superstars, and people did want their autographs, and people did care what they <laughs> what they ate or drank or or yeah. what kind of sunglasses they wear and stuff like that. So they've caught on. Phil Ivy. I see him walk, and, and they don't even really use his name. They just use his image, and it's like a – it's a, a, and I think it might be for an Escalade. And they, they never – it never says, this is Phil Ivey, and he's in – got paid to be in the in the commercial. But, but I don't believe they ever they ever announce him or say his name or has anything to do with poker other than he's just Phil Ivey. And there he is. He was cool. Yeah, he was he was really cool at his house. He couldn't he could not function the remote control. He had six TVs up across the the, the top, <laughs> uh, six good sized TVs in his den, and then uh, one real real big screen TV. And he had this Lucetta, <laughs> come change the channel. <laughs> and what do you want? Where and point him out, and he you know, and uh, he took a break and got online, Mark. We had maybe 15 minutes. We were rearranging the lights, and uh, he sat down and he logged on and played a played, oh maybe five hands, fucker, and he won thirteen thousand bucks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just sitting there. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, that's a that's for for me. That was a whole year's wages. You know? <laughs> I wanted to throw him five bucks. Play mine where you play in yours. You know that's what people do at blackjack tables. 
Can I put my money on top of yours? Yeah. But uh, Spot you. Live, it was, uh, yeah, this, here you go, man. Let's throw a buck in for the cocktail waitress. Uh, that's what we could use, Mark, a cocktail waitress. Uh, do you know the horses that have that have been so close to the Triple Crown but have been screwed up by this Belmont thing where they let everybody in that hasn't really – I, you know, they, 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 they make the unfair advantage, <laughs> like to try to make it a good thing. Uh, do, do you know the ones that we've, that we've seen, uh, go down in flames in the Belmont in the last decade or so? Pretty much all of them. I mean, come Cal- on. <laughs> California Chrome last year and, uh, the California Chrome's owner, Steve Coburn was very, very bitter about it. Um, that, you know, he, he got screwed uh, of the last seven from Yahoo Sports, of the last seven times a horse has come to the Belmont Stakes in search of immortality, having won the first two legs of the Triple Crown, a New York-based trainer has scuttled the day five times. You know, that's that's a group of guys who do, don't seem to get it. I mean, uh, New York is struggling just as California and Florida are the, the three big states for horse racing here in America. Why screw yourselves? Why why do it? Uh, go to the Breeders' Cup where it doesn't matter. It's one race, one and done, and and win win everything you can. But to, but to, they just don't have the good of the sport at heart. I don't think, Mark. But uh, California Chrome uh, lost. Nick Zito has killed the coronation twice. It says in two thousand eight with Daterra, and in oh four with Birdstone and uh, the late Bobby Franco and Empire Maker. Uh, screwed to a funny side in 2003, and in 1999, Lemon Drop Kid spoiled Charismatics Day. So, you know, they need, it's like I say about boxing, the Olympics feed pro boxing by getting everybody excited. And when our Olympic team sucks and we don't, we don't bring that group in like Sugar Ray Leonard and Aaron Pryor and on and on and on that group that came out of the 76 Olympics. Um, we didn't get it. Oscar De La Hoya was our only gold medal winner and he enthused the Oscar De La Hoya fans and that kind of the lighter weights, but there's been no bump for boxing lately. And certainly the, the horse racing needs a triple crown winner to get that bump. So, you know, mm. they step on their own wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're getting really good at it, though. <laughs> the the uh, uh, the fifty ones have uh, gotten some good national press because of the guys that have been called up to the Mets are doing really well. You would have a a real good chance of taking the Las Vegas fifty ones in mass, including that pitching staff. Maybe they could get Noah Syndergaard back, and B marginally competitive in major league baseball uh there's there's nowhere for some of these cats to go with the mets and so now the mets have the luxury of having this very strong farm system when they have a need whether somebody goes down from an injury or somebody's exposed they you know we have a weakness at shortstop if they don't have a shortstop in their minor league system that's that's capable of playing major league ball they now have the luxury of well we got two right fielders that are that are just killers and they'll trade their two right fielders for 
uh, an infielder that they need because they've they've found a, a a position that needs upgrading. So they really have a luxury here. We're very lucky here in Las Vegas. Not only do we have a very fun team to watch, the, the 50 wins of the farm team of the New York Mets, but also uh, it's a very well-run organization and what a tremendous place to go watch a baseball game at Cashman Field. And uh, you've got to give credit to Don Logan, a uh, longtime uh, head of the 50 ones. And, uh, and Jim Gemma, our friend, uh, doing the PR with them, yep. and the entire team there. I mean, Dick Calvert does the announcing, and uh, uh, you know they they just the, the whole is really really good. Jan Dillard, our friend Jan Dillard, does the is the ticket master for for the uh, or would that make her the ticket? ticket? <laughs> <laughs> go go buy a ticket from Jan. Tell her Rick called you a mistress. <laughs> Anyway, they, uh, that organization is very stable. They run very well, and they are, are the one example of what you can do here in Las Vegas with minor league sports. You know, it doesn't doesn't absolutely have to be a major league thing to be successful, but no. you'd like to see more people out there. But, you know, in July when they're in a homestand, you know, 7.05 game time, the sun's still out. And, and so, yeah, you are in the shade. The the stands, uh, the back of the stands faces west, so there is some some shading. But you know, when it's still 108, it's still 108. You're sitting in one spot; it's 108, and they sell a lot of beer Thursday nights. You don't give a shit what time, (laughs) what the score is, (laughs) or how hot it is, or nothing. It's dollar beer night, and uh, that's a very popular promotion. But uh, anyway, yeah, the 51s do a. Yeah, fifty ones do. Yeah, do here in Vegas, people drink, uh, but the the fifty ones do a tremendous job here as a, as the only surviving sport. I mean, they have a continuous run. The Outlaws um, need more need more people to go watch the indoor uh, football league, the APL or AFL uh, Arena Football League, and they uh, for whatever reason. I mean, they they play very entertaining. They they knocked off the champs. They've done. Uh, they've had some real mood swings. Uh, you know, they're almost uh, bipolar in this season. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've, it, it, it's, it's, it's just a real tough thing. I mean, they play in the cavernous Thomas and Mac. You know, yeah. it, you can have 10,000. We've been there, Mark. You look up in the stands at the first day of the Pro Bowl Riders, and there's 10,000 people there, and you say, damn, the place is empty. Yeah. And, you know, so if they had a little smaller venue, uh, the Orleans Arena comes to mind or whatever, but they kind of have to have the major uh, uh, venue just in case a lot of people come out. But uh, they're trying to do some things. Our friend Jeff Belknap from the, the Vegas Lions is uh, is uh, offering his expertise to them and uh, part of that process of making them a success. And uh, we have Vegas Lions, they named a new head coach uh, the other day. Really, Donnie Bunak, who was on their coaching staff, and he's going to take his shot at uh, coaching the Lions and seeing if they can get a snap back to the center or, or the quarterback. Uh, and uh, how about not just, have how about to just fielding a team that plays football? How's that? <laughs> oh, there, now there's a there's a novel idea. <laughs> yeah, the you know you get such a a, a, a big mix of 
It's it's like throwing the Chihuahuas in with the Saint Bernard sometimes, and then okay, we you, they, you all you are all dogs, you are all football players, but some of them are out there just to laughs and giggles, and some of them are out there to actually play football and and, and move up. And several people from this league have gone up to the league. Um, one of the quarterbacks, uh, I, I believe, for the Los Angeles Kiss, came out of the APFL. So. Um, you know, once again, Mark, it's, it, I think it's tougher here in Las Vegas than probably anywhere else other than maybe Kabul, Afghanistan, <laughs> to have a uh, uh, to, to have a successful uh, minor league team. So, yes, yes, it is. there's so much to do, dude. Uh, I mean, it, it was like the night of the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Yeah, there was there was also this thing called the Kentucky Derby that day. And, you know, if you're in Palm Springs, you got to. All right, I'm watching it on TV. If you're in Las Vegas, I'm going to go be part of this crowd. It's it's the next best thing to actually being at the Kentucky Derby to watch it here in Las Vegas. It's the next best thing to being at the Super Bowl to watch it at the parties here. It's the next best thing to to, to everything. It's a, I mean, you in the old days, I guess they would call it the poor man's Super Bowl, but it, it really ain't the poor man's Super Bowl. Some guys want to stay there. Screw it. I'll watch it on the TV and collect my money when it's over. Yeah. And, uh, you know. If you've ever been burned by a bookie who just uh, all of a sudden didn't answer his phone and no longer lived in his apartment, that sucks. So they know they're going to get a fair shake here in Las Vegas. And uh, by the way, I talked to our friend Vinny Mailulo, who was uh, uh, managing the the sports book uh, when I had the show at Caesars Palace. He now is the vice president of operations at uh, uh, Las Vegas Disseminators. And, um, you know, these are the guys that put the line out to the world. And they have there, – there's a lot of responsibility that goes with that. But uh, Vinny said he'd love to come on with us in the, in the not-too-distant future. So we're going to have him on before football season and talk how they – you know, how he comes up with the point spread and the big factors and whatever. Have you ever handicapped football, Mark? Have you ever really thought maybe I can make a couple bucks of this by, you know, treat it like a trigonometry class and, and go at it? Have you ever I've done hard, that? No, no. Math, m- math is hard. You get to you you to stick around in a or hang around in a race and sports book very long to hear some wild ass theories. <laughs> you will hear guys break things down to the nth degree. Well, on Tuesdays when there's a full moon and the quarterback had a tuna salad sandwich for lunch, uh, they're undefeated. You know. Well, all right. <laughs> God bless you. Why does it, why is that important? How do you know what the guy ate for lunch today? So that people break it down to the absolute, you know, and you can contradict almost every stat that people use with the stat that shows the opposite. So, uh, but the handicappers are fun and the, the big handicapping contests are coming up very shortly. You know, I'm sure there's somebody sitting in the office somewhere in, uh, uh, you know, at a race in sports book or at the Las Vegas disseminators or whatever, and already working on the lines. Um, Lou D'Amico, who was the, uh, at the time he was at the Plaza, had been the race and sports book manager at the uh, director at Caesars Palace when I was there. Um, what the, I think his first year at the Plaza, when he took over down there, he put up a line on every single game. It wasn't just future books. He put the line up on every single game before the season. And you could bet just like it was that Sunday or that Monday. And a uh, lot, of, lot of risk there. Obviously, you don't know um, injury factors or those kind of things, right. Mark. So, um, you know, it's a, 
it's a wild process to watch. And uh, Vinny said he would come on and try to explain things to us. So I look yeah, forward to nice. that. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, the the uh, drivers council with NASCAR, like I say, that's good. They, there's some things. I think Kyle Busch's injury, Kyle Busch's broken legs, may have been the straw that broke the camel's back with this uh, uh, council. And the the early in the season, I forget even which race it was. Uh, the cars didn't have enough time in the inspection line when they failed to get back in line. And so they had, they relegated some guys to the back of the pack and the driver said, that's stupid. There's, there's enough time to get everything done. You make this incredible number of rules that we have to follow and then right. don't give us enough time to prove that we followed them. Or if we make a mistake to, to correct it and get back in line. So um, I think this driver's council is probably the precursor to a full blown, uh, association i don't know i don't want to say the word union but it's going to be something like that that they're going to have a say so in their sport you know those are the guys that are out there that that hit them damn walls so they want them <laughs> they want the safer barriers everywhere and uh uh it's our NASCAR neck brings there. in certainly enough to afford it yes okay keep the guys alive all right basketball where i i saw one of the most amazing Four quarters of basketball yesterday that I have seen. What a back and forth heavyweight match. And then, sure, they get to overtime. It's 98 98. They get to overtime, and Kyrie Irving goes down, and nobody else had ever seen a basketball. Yeah, okay. you, you had guys, Timothy Mozgov, who's 6'11, was on was on one side of the basket and decided, well, rather than just jump up and put the ball in the basket, I'm going to go underneath and look like uh, like Kobe Bryant, and it did, the ball didn't go in. They The Cavaliers certainly had a chance to uh, steal that game last night, and they did not do so, and then they lost Kyrie, Kyrie Irving in the process, who, okay. again, was on the national team and played against Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. <clears throat> Those are the guys that, you know, every day in practice for at least two weeks uh they went head to head and uh, so th- there's not a lot of surprises curry has for kyrie irving and kyrie got a wonderful block uh curry made it around and was headed in for the layup and irving stayed right with him and jumped up and got the ball and uh to being overtime anyway uh, had the warriors scored on that play it would not have gone to overtime but uh then the cavaliers lost kyrie irving much like the running rebels the year they were undefeated and and the lost greg anthony to fouling out in that championship game when your point guard goes man you're in deep stuff if the second guy can't play if he's if he's puckered up if he's not willing to get out there and and or are unable to do what the other point guard did there's no sense carrying the guy on the roster you know right. so the cavaliers have a point superstar in uh, in lebron james who's willing to bring the ball down and Nobody's stupid enough to go out there and challenge you. Because if a guard comes out on LeBron James, he he's going to hurt them, you know. And if your small forward gets out there, he's going to overpower them. So LeBron James, uh, he, they're not going to win. I guarantee, I'm telling you right now. I'll be real surprised if the Cavaliers now don't get swept. Um, the, really? The, the city of Cleveland has a defeatist attitude as it is. So, uh, you know, they thought, okay, LeBron came back and he's going to bring us championships, and he carried this team farther than it should have gone. They're not the very, very best team. Uh, I thought Chicago was a much better team, but they got beat. 
They they literally got beat. And I think Chicago would be a much tougher matchup for Golden State than the Cavaliers are. I mean, it's LeBron and the and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, uh, but the you know, I mean, it's, that's just how it is. When, when he was at Miami, it was it was the big three: LeBron and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Now it's LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love, and it just doesn't strike the same amount of fear in opponents as right. Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and LeBron together. So, no, that's uh, NBA Finals. Again, I think uh, you can you can start planning your where your your celebration party if you're out in the San Francisco Bay Area because <laughs> Golden State's going to win it. And if you can, if you can bet that, still bet it. <clears throat> there's, I, I don't think there's any way. LeBron did everything he could do. I think he had 41 points last night, and that wasn't enough. And uh, he did everything but sell popcorn at halftime. He was, uh, he, he was sitting on the bench at some, uh, just to get a, just to get a breather, and jumped up and went right back in. And and uh, you know, but uh, this ain't the year. Maybe next year for the Cavaliers. You know, as I always say, Mark, if you're healthy, you're. And they're not healthy. Uh, they, they, you can't lose Kyrie Irving. They've lost Kevin Love to the cheap shot, uh, dislocated shoulder, which has kept him out. And now they go down. They're without Kyrie Irving, so they ain't, they ain't going to do it. They, when you have to, when J.R. Smith is your answer, <laughs> that must have been a really, him? really simple question. Yeah, he's <laughs> a he's a hard headed son of a gun, man. You know, <laughs> he has no conscience. He shoots a lot of threes or whatever. Yeah, but, you know, if you shoot 10 threes and you score 30 points, but the guy that you're playing against gets 22s, <laughs> and so you're you're stuck 10 points, uh, you know, and, and his idea of defense is that's it. You want me to say it again? <laughs> that's it. That's his, that's his entire idea of defense. So, so speaking of J.R. Smith out of Carolina, um the North Carolina Tar Heels are in some deep doo-doo now. The NCAA is after them, and they have been, and they had uh, they had a couple of things where they dodged a couple bullets or whatever, but they've got five major violations. Uh, Roy Williams uh, and, and the men's program uh, included in this deal. Men's and women's uh, basketball, the, the, the revenue-generating sports are all part of this investigation, and when they – he says we're doing an investigation. That means they already know the damned answer. Right. <laughs> hey, here, here, go here. Here's what we know happened. Now go get us some proof. So they don't do it in the normal order that you would of an investigation. But uh, uh, North Carolina has gone down, and it will probably cost Roy Williams his job, his dream job at North Carolina. You know, the guy played there. Uh, he was Dean Smith's assistant. He went to Kansas, won the there, come back to North Carolina. Uh, a lot of people thought he should have got the job the first time around and it uh, didn't happen. And now uh, he's the coach at North Carolina and they're in trouble there. I, I don't think they can escape this unscathed. So at, at very best, it's going to cost them scholarships and uh, some sanctions. They're not going to be able to play in the tournament for a year or two and, and this and that. And I think that's a best case thing, but uh, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But uh the NCAA, for all the, yeah, I mean, they, I guess they do a few good things, but the way they, the way they go about these investigations and stuff like that is uh, criminal. I mean, what they did to Jerry Tarkanian here was absolutely. There should be guys still in prison for the for the just the crap they pulled on Tarkanian. 
And, uh, you know, he was just one out of the crowd. It's it, it, they, they just play God, you know. Yeah, we know these 20 are all doing it, but let's take this one guy and make an example out of him, which, you know, then they let the, then they, then they let these other people know, well, this is what we're good at catching you at. So, so they find right. other ways of doing those things, and, you know. So, yeah. Shall we wrap it I up? I wish they would get rid of the NCAA. Uh, let's do that, Mark. Uh, the odd weekend, but an exciting weekend. Stanley Cup. The NBA basketball and triple crown winner in American Pharaoh. Uh, good luck to all. Uh, Next, yes. uh, like I say, you're going to be the Blackhawks. Here, I'm going to make it for you. Okay. Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup. The Golden Hang State on. Warriors win the NBA championship wait, and American wait, wait. Pharaoh. Okay, Blackhawks. Are you writing this down? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Yeah, Blackhawks win. Okay. NHL. Yeah. Okay. The Warriors. Guarantee win the NBA championship now. NBA, okay. And uh, I, th- I think American Pharaoh, with only the eight horses in there, there's a couple of them been laying in the weeds, but I don't think they're incredibly talented horses. And uh, uh, the, he is. So for the good of horse racing, I hope I'm right about that one. Uh, it would be nice not to have to say 30 how many years. <laughs> Since, <laughs> I can still remember uh, affirmed in Alidar, you know. Alidar ran second uh, in in all three Triple Crown races to affirmed and uh, by a head, you know. I mean, when you're that close to being a Triple Crown winner, you didn't even win one of the races. But uh, Alidar was was the much better uh, sire of the two, so. That's a, that's pretty good. That's pretty good second place consolation prize, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. we're gonna, we're going to give you some Viagra and put you out there in the pasture. Stand there and wait. We'll send some good looking uh, some good looking bears to you. Yes. Yeah. All righty. So, all right, buddy. We ready to roll? We are ready to wrap it up. All right. Well, for all of us here at Good Sports, we appreciate you listening. And for Mark Anthony, I'm Rick Rosen, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Good Sports. Good night. Good Sports.